The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. What came to be through him was life, and this life was the light of the human race. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. A man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came to be through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not by natural generation, nor by human choice, nor by man's decision, but of God. And the word became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, The one who is coming after me ranks ahead of me, because he existed before me. From his fullness we have all received, grace in place of grace. Because while the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only Son, God, who is at the Father's side, has revealed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Indeed, one of the great signs that we have as in our Christmas season as Catholics is the building of the nativity scene. It's prominent in our chapel. We have one outside the chapel as well. Most of you, if not all of you, I presume, have one in your home, if not two or three of them, as they oftentimes indicate different things or become family heirlooms and these sorts of things passed on to us. The nativity scene is important for us as Catholics because it says something. You know, as Catholics, we have many signs and symbols, and these signs always have something to touch our hearts. But if we lose the meaning of it, if we forget why things are as they are, they become just simply a piece of decoration rather than something that can actually be meaningful to us. And so it's important for us from generation to generation to generation, to pass on the richness of why we have the things we do, what they mean for us, and why they ought to be passed on to the next generation. The nativity scene. It always has those three most important figures, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the Holy Family. They are, of course, the central reason for the nativity itself, the fact that God is born for us. A Savior is given to us. But there are typically other figures as well. Often there is the shepherd, gathered often with his sheep. 
The one that's the reminder to us that the first ones to hear the good news that the Savior had been born were the shepherds keeping night watch over the flocks. The first ones to hear his message. Often included as well, the Magi with their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But there are two other figures that are frequently, if not always, found in the nativity scenes. And they have an integral place for us as well. And they are the animals, the ox and the ass. Those two beasts may not have been there on that first night. We don't know historically that they were there. We know that our Lord was born, that he was laid in a manger in swaddling clothes, a manger being a feed trough, effectively. So certainly the animals were nearby, but we don't know exactly what animals they were. So it's not by historical record that we have the ox and the ass there at the side of the manger. But we have it from sacred scripture. As the nativity scene began to grow in its popularity and devotion in the life of the faithful, very quickly, the two animals were brought into the front of the scene. They are reminders to us of the words of the prophet Isaiah, spoken in the first chapter of his book. The ox knows its owner, and the ass its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not understand. You see, the inclusion of those two animals at that point were recognition that it was an indictment upon the people of Israel. The beasts know the God, but the people who should be worshiping him don't. It was a sting to them. And the fact of their inclusion in the nativity scene is a reminder to us for us to ensure that we know Christ. And don't become like the unknowing Israelites of old. Those two beasts are not simply there to make a pleasant scene. They're there to call us to a deep relationship with God. To ensure that we know him and to the extent that we can, that we understand him. This is the entire reason for the incarnation. God became flesh for you. To get to know you and to allow you, most importantly, to get to know him. You see, the Lord God and his love for us, he knows that it is difficult for us to be able to walk the path of faith. And so he has done this double work of kindness for us. First, abridging the gap between humanity and divinity of himself being the bridge, the one who is man and God, that we might be able to enter into the heart of the Father. But also that second act of charity, that in taking on our flesh, we're able to look upon the face of God that no one had seen, to be able to touch him, to hear his words. These are important things for us. To know God the Father is to know salvation. And we know God the Father by knowing God the Son. Just as St. John's Gospel just included and, and reminded us, it is the Son who reveals Him. So we must indeed draw close to the Son, the Savior, Jesus. As Catholics, we also recognize that Christmas is not a day. It's a season. It's something that begins today and will continue so the first Sunday of Ordinary Time, the Baptism of the Lord, which is two or three Sundays away. 
think three Sundays away from here. So we have a Christmas season, a time to come and to meditate and to reflect upon these great mysteries that are unfolding before our eyes and being poured out to our hearts. And during that time, I would invite you to three concrete things. And if you've heard any of my homilies, they're probably not news to you. First, I would invite you to spend time in front of a nativity. Again, it's easy for it to become a piece of decor in the house, to become a nice filler on the mantle, a nice centerpiece on a table. But if we allow them to simply be decoration, they lose all of their potential value to touch our hearts. So it's important for us not just to have them as decoration, but as inspiration. To sit before them. To ponder the scene. To the extent that you're able to place yourself there on that first night. To ponder what it might have been like. And if you want to get real graphic, what it might have smelled like. These are real things. Invitations for us to enter into the reality of what Christ has done for you and for me. Enter in. Rest before the nativity. I would give you a, a pro tip if you want to make the trip to St. Anne's. If you sit in the, the pews to my left on your right, the second set of pews on the second pew, the padded one. If you look, the ox and the ass are looking you straight in the face. They're eyeing you down. And it's a wonderful meditation, especially because we can hear in our minds that great Christmas hymn. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? Do you know what I know? The ox and the ass giving you an examination of conscience. Do you know him like I know him? Do you understand him? To rest before the nativity. The second thing, shocker, come before the Blessed Sacrament. Spend time with the Eucharist. God took on flesh for a reason, to be with us. And he wants us to be with him. Now certainly we have our daily lives, we have things that go on around us, and we can't just dedicate all the time in the world to come and sit in a chapel. As nice as that would be, at least I think so. But we can make time to come rest with him. The simple fact is that Christ took on flesh for us, and before he ascended into heaven, he assured us that he will not leave us, he will not abandon us, but he will be with us always. And one of the ways he primarily fulfills that promise is by remaining with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Jesus in the Eucharist is here in this chapel every moment of the day. And he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come visit. When he hears the door begin to crack open, or if you come in the side door, the electronic lock buzzing to let you in, it brings joy to the heart of God. Because he knows that one of his children has come to see him. And every parent who has a child come to see them knows that joy. And it is an even greater joy in the heart of God. You don't have to do anything particular. You don't have to say anything particular. You don't have to, to, to commit to a particular amount of time. The most important thing is to come and to be present to him as he is present to you. To rest with him.
to speak to him heart to heart, to be in his presence. And the last thing I would encourage you to do during this Christmas season is to read your Bible. The Bible sometimes can be a sort of scary thing. Sometimes we have it in our head that that we can't understand the Bible unless somebody tells us about it, unless we have a, a book to make sense of it all. But I would encourage you to remember that Jesus, when he, was giving his, when he was giving his teachings and the things that he was doing, he wasn't giving theological discourse at, a, at the local Jewish seminary. He was talking to ordinary people and doing ordinary things with them. He was talking to people just like you. And although, yes, there's some cultural context that we don't get being 2,000 years separated in an entirely different culture and together. And yes, there are things that are deep and mysterious contained in the scriptures. But also, if you simply pick it up and read it, something should click. Even on a surface level, the scriptures have power to transform our hearts and to enlighten our minds. The Bible is not just a nice ancient document among other ancient documents to be able to be analyzed by some historical records. The Bible is the living word of God that speaks to you and has the power to speak directly to your heart every time you pick it up. So read your Bible. If you're looking for a little advice, or if you just want some extra homework because you've got some free time during the holiday season. Read the entire Gospel of Mark in a single sitting. I've suggested this to you before, and I know people usually think that's a crazy suggestion. I went back to look at my Bible again to double-check the pagination, and the, the entire Gospel of Mark comes in at a whopping 16 pages. one six. The gospel itself is short, can be read in a couple of hours with ease. But what it contains for us is something that will transform us for a lifetime and that can nourish us forever. To read your scriptures, to know Christ. This is the great mystery. Is in reading a word, we come to know the person who is the word of God. St. Jerome, the great scholar of the sacred scriptures in the early church, he said that ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ himself. And we can make the connection, knowledge of scripture is the knowledge of Christ himself. To pick up the word and to read. And so this is our invitation. In this Christmas season to take full advantage of the opportunities presented to us to get to know Christ even more. We've got the readings at Mass, certainly we've got the homilies that I hope are some kind of nourishment during the Christmas season. But I encourage you the most important things you can do are to rest before the Nativity, to spend time in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, and to read the Word of God. If you do all of these things, if you open your heart to Christ and allow Him to come in, you'll be filled with a great joy because you are not like the ancient Israelites who did not know or understand their God, but rather you are like the ox and the ass who are there, understanding, knowing, faithfully at the side of the Savior.